We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instinct Heart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Andy Lou, we're back again. We've got Sam Fendiari. We are now Light Years Pod number 34. Your favorite warrior. The Sean Livingston episode. This is gonna be a this could be a calm, collected, non-controversial episode. Ever yeah, everyone likes Livingston, you know? <laughs> is there every is there actually though, is there anyone that doesn't? That's that's the even people that hate the Warriors, like they love saying that the Warriors are soft like yesterday during Christmas. But even then, I don't think anybody dislikes Livingston. Just a likable guy. Doesn't say anything controversial. Plays hard. Stays in his lane. You know. You know who isn't though. You know who is the most hated warrior. Mike Dunleavy, also a number thirty-four. Oh, um, Dunleavy is by far the most hated warrior of my lifetime, and I'm like eighty years old, so that's a long time. Um, it, it goes back to he was the number two pick. He was supposed to be a franchise changer. Yeah, you know, he just he just ended up being like a solid NBA player. But he would he would talk trash about the crowd, say like the fans don't know what they're talking about. He he said something to the extent of I'm a winner. These fans don't know what a winner looks like or something Gosh. like that. And then he would just get regularly booed by the Oracle crowd. Like yeah, I think that's something people don't really real like yeah, the, the better the Warriors get, the the kind of more gentrified the crowd gets. But like OG Warrior fans, like they 
they were rough on players who didn't produce. And then they would stand hard for guys like, like Draymond Green, essentially, you know, guys who know how to play and who play hard. You know, I've got a, I've got a weird Dunleavy story. It'll be quick. I don't know if Jade needs to boss over this. Probably not. But if you do, I mean, I'll leave it up to his discretion. But so it turns out, and my boss was just telling me, um, shout out Michael, apparently back when he was going out, like he would go to like strip clubs or whatever in the city. Right. So apparently they were going out. I think he knew one of the guys, I figured his name, but he knew, uh, Dunleavy. So apparently Dunleavy would just go out by himself. Like he was one of the dudes that would go out and drink by himself. Apparently he was asking him like, like, Hey, can I roll with you guys? Like, can I hang out with you guys? And my boss would be like, dude, like you're an NBA player. You're like six, eight, six, nine. And you want to like come and hang out and drink with us. Like he would just be, you know, like that, that one dude that gets super drunk and just like looks super over oh, at the club God. and he would just like beg to hang out with them. So he would just be like, dude, like that is the weirdest thing. Cause what kind of professional athlete, like you usually were the ones, or if you're a fan, you're the ones that are, that want to be with him. Right. With yeah. The, usually you have like fans, if they have any Weird, interaction man. with the athlete trying to be their best friend. And I'm sure that's, it's definitely gotta be really annoying. Yeah, for so him he, to do that just adds to the, you know, Dunleavy is not getting his his jersey retired at Oracle. He's not getting his Kobe retirement jersey. Here. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just calling that out. You know, there won't be a Dunleavy statue at Chase. God, he really was the worst. Where is he now anyway? I think he's retired. Like he, um, uh, wasn't he on Cleveland last year? That's but he couldn't get, he couldn't get healthy. He's he's had back issues the last few years. Like, truth be told, he made himself, like, a nice veteran role player the last five years or so, but he's done now. So he was on Cleveland. Speaking of Cleveland. Oh, another asterisk. Warriors <laughs> have never beaten them straight up. Just can't do it. Um, the craziest part is when, oh, my God, it was in, in the first quarter. What really pissed me off was in the first quarter when everybody, not everybody, Cleveland fans were saying that Golden State was soft. And literally 30 seconds after, they started begging for Kevin Durant to get thrown out the game in the first quarter on a national TV game. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, oh. it's it's always a double edge. Somehow the Warriors are soft, but they are also dirty. Somehow they're you know not that good, but they're too stacked. It, you, you can always find it. Like, you can't, in the words of Kevin Durant, don't listen to Twitter. They're irrational. <laughs> And 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 Durant after the game saying don't go. Although, although with Durant it's also kind of funny him saying like hey keep that stuff on Twitter like all right all right KD of all people to say yeah he kind of he kind of lost his card for being able to make fun of Twitter <laughs> after summer like you know you just it's best you just pretend that never happened like don't even acknowledge its existence claim you don't have a social media presence you know <laughs> yeah 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 but hey the on the court stuff works out that that was. I don't think KD played necessarily great, but what he did all game in terms of like wanting to play against LeBron and wanting to D him up at the end of the game, foul or no foul. I mean, it was a foul, but you whatever. Know it's, it wasn't you called. know, it's interesting. Crazy. Steph gets killed for guys guarding him, but he doesn't guard them back like Chris Paul, like Russell Westbrook. John Wall, yeah. But LeBron does not guard KD, but KD guards LeBron. So. You know, it's just kind of. It's, it's you know what it is. You know what I think it is. I, I think LeBron thinks he's. I think. I think part of it is like, hey, like this is beneath me. Like it's some like petty shit that LeBron likes doing, and and really, it's kind of smart because it's like, look. Well, like, I mean, he shouldn't guard him. He has to do too much on offense, and LeBron's not at a point where he can 
do but both even sides at the, the end of the game though even end the game you know what i mean like he was st he still wasn't guarding him end of game which is when you know if lebron's gonna go iso you want lebron or jay crowder i mean if kd's gonna go iso, True. you want lebron or Trey Crowder. so and he still doesn't which is kind of wild to me which i think it's a mental thing with him like hey look like i'm not even gonna like Honestly, I think it's more. That. I think it's more schematic. Like he's their best help defender. He's their best rim protector. Like they kind of want LeBron not Ding guys up. He's also just not amazing in isolation defense anymore. No. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but, but like you know how he now now his whole thing is you know I hope my kids go to college like that <laughs> like that, like that kind of thing now. No, I I think that's what, how he's gonna play these next couple years. LeBron knows, like, you look at this game, I, I wrote about it. Like, I'm bigger than basketball. Yeah. Oh, like, you. The, the difference between these two teams, to me now, is enormous. Like, you got Jordan Bell and McCall. Even McCall was making plays. Like, these guys are going to be sustained, sustained, making the Warriors uh, successful, like, for a long period of time, right? Honestly, this is where Kerr doing the Spursy thing with rotations pays off. Because, like... Most teams that are competing, like let's look at Houston, for example. I, I mean, I don't know that Houston, actually, I, don't, I know Houston doesn't have, let's say, a, a McCall or a, a Jordan Bell type of young guy that they're burying. But like they don't go more than eight, nine guys deep, right? Um, Kerr playing these guys and letting them kind of make mistakes and play through it pay, play, pays off of the playoffs. That that's the thing, and it pays off to me. Like to me, more than that, like the next couple of years, because Kerr's always going to be able to go nine, ten, eleven deep. And you've sure. got well, we've got LeBron playing thirty. I don't know how much he played yesterday, but he's averaging career in minutes or something, like thirty-eight minutes or something crazy like that. And you've got like Steph's going to average thirty-three minutes a game, I think, tops in the regular season. And and that's going to be for the next couple of years too. So you're really not worried about him gassing out. And LeBron, you're like, hey, he's not going to gas out, but I mean, sooner or later. And wherever he plays, he's not going to have that type of thing to where he's sustained and has players coming up that can replace a Draymond and Clay. Because that's what you think, or, or not Clay, but like Igadala, right? Draymond, you want those guys to replace him, or at least can do a large facsimile of what they've done in the past couple of years. With them, it's like they keep shuttling in like Jeff Green and praying. They shuttle in like Jose Cotteron and pray. Right, Derek Rose and, and like they've been doing that forever. Mike Miller. I mean, you could even look at someone like like Chetty Osman, who who friend of the pod Justin loves. But like, <laughs> I've watched enough Cavs games to think this guy should probably get a little more run, if nothing else, for the fact that he's young and can like, you know, maybe by the end of the season can give them a little more. And they're desperate for any sort of youthful energy, right? That that's I mean to me that's the difference. Like the Warriors, they've got energy. They've got guys that are flying on the court everywhere. And like we know, like they're missing staff. I mean, they're missing Isaiah too. But it's like these guys are gonna be there in June. Like they're gonna be playing. They're gonna be playing next June if LeBron is still in Cleveland. They're gonna be playing in 2020, right? And then you look at and then you look at Cleveland side and they've got a hope. Like they got a. It's a chore just to get through the regular season for those guys. Um, and then come June, it's like who knows if they're gonna. Who knows if they're even going to be there? Like uh, Kyle Korver last year broke down and, and wasn't able to do anything. I mean, he hit like what, like 20, 30 percent from three uh, in that in that series. So like you can't count on him and he's a veteran, right? You're supposed to count on those guys. Um, and with the Warriors, instead, you've got guys that are that are might even be better. Like Jordan Bell is going to be is going to be even better than he's he is going to be better I mean, in two years than he is today. Great. And he's already like, <laughs> you know, he can play in the playoffs right now. Like maybe not huge minutes, but, you know, you can get him in there for 15, 20 minutes a game. Let's. I know you want to talk about it, but that front line, Kevin Durant's defense, Jordan Bell and Draymond oh, Green, God. like yeah. that defense. So the, my my main takeaway uh, from this whole non 
um, non-Steph period has been just how great the defense has been. And it's been like, I mean, the offense has taken a huge hit without Steph. And I honestly think part of it with KD is also he's expending so much energy on defense that having to work harder on offense with Steph being out plus going all out on defense, like he's missing more shots than he usually does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but, and it showed on, it, it, it showed on Christmas too. Um, like the Warriors were regularly running lineups that only had two credible scoring threats. Like I love Draymond, but he's kind of more of a fill the gaps kind of guy. He's not like, defenses basically dare him to beat him from outside. Oh God. Yeah. That and was ugly. I- Iguodala, a regular season Iguodala is just, it's, it's oh, hard God. to watch him. You know, like I, I think we're both of the, I'm not going to write him off until I see him do this sort of afraid to shoot, afraid to play thing in an actual playoff series. Uh, but like in the regular season, he, he's like, you remember that one at the end where he had the ball, he refused to shoot it, oh, he passed it to Jordan Bell, Terrible. who had to take a desperation three. Um, well, there was one where he passed it, he passed it back to Jordan Bell, and when he didn't want to shoot a three, like we weren't losing count of how many times he did that thing, uh, where he just didn't want to shoot. And same then, like, with McCall, right? the same thing. McCall's yeah. a fill the gaps guy, low usage, not really a shooter. You know, he's gonna. He's going to get some stuff off cuts and, you know, in transition, but like in a half court, he can be stymied. And I, I think, I mean, watch the Warriors the last three weeks and tell me Steph does not have a profound impact on everything. I mean, uh, even though he, you know, only gets seven assists a game or whatever his numbers are, like just his mere presence gets the team out and tra- they're not getting out in transition without Steph either. You noticing that? Yeah, I mean, they, they, there's no – because Steph, like we talked about this, he's really good at just getting the ball up, right? Guys like Kevin Durant – like Durant will kind of want to slow it down too. Most – I think a lot of people miss it. There's only like three or four point guards in the NBA who are really good at pushing the pace. Like even Wall and Chris Paul in general don't really push the pace. They kind of like to dribble it up yeah, at their own yeah. pace. But like Steph – Obviously, Lonzo in LA does it too. Uh, Jason Kidd, <laughs> someone I thought of who always used to do it. Um, Rubio does it. Uh, Nash was one of the best to ever do it. But like, they just like get you know they're at half court when the ball's been rebounded, and then when they get the ball, like if anyone's ahead of them, they will throw it ahead. Yeah, pushing the pace isn't like Russell Westbrook taking a board and then just running from sideline to sideline, right? Like no matter how fast you run, passing the ball is going to be faster. Right, and Steph, a thirty-foot like, 30 pass from the wing yeah. to the other wing is quicker than however fast Russ goes, and like, and he does go really fast, but it he just can't outrun a ball. So, uh, I mean, they can't even crack hundred points sometimes, which is also interesting to me that the Warriors, if let's say this is their team for the rest of the season, everybody else is the same. Uh, like I, they would still be, you know, like 50% to win the title. Like I'd say 50, maybe 60%, which is insane, which is how good they are. Um, I don't think anybody's defense even com- comes close to what this does. Cause there's no weaknesses. If they can throw in that, no, in without that lineup, Steph, it's, I mean, Steph's a good team defender and overall a good defender for a point guard. But like when you can replace him with another dude, who's six, seven, it's like, it's, I mean, it's it's just not comparable. Like they're they're rolling out a lineup of all guys over six seven at all times. I can't I can't stop bringing it up. But what LeBron LeBron literally looked. I was covering the game yesterday. He literally looked like he was not 
about he was not down to go in the paint at all he was not he was passing it out he was he turned it over seven times right and this isn't just Draymond Green and, and Kevin Durant it was Jordan Bell too like the fact that all three of those guys were down there like <laughs> LeBron drove to kick every single time like that's what he does sort of usually but he had no chance at the rim yesterday and he just if that's gonna be what happens like that might be it in terms of what the Cavs can do in June like I don't think Isaiah Thomas changes too much like they're just gonna stick clay on him and that's gonna be fine uh like what the Warriors can and do on the flip side the Warriors will run everything at Isaiah like if anything just it like might actually Corbett. it yeah. might just take them out of their offense a little bit you know like you know how sometimes teams get all starry-eyed when they when they try to go at Steph and they get out of their entire offense like it might almost do that it might almost make the Warriors like you know mess around too much yeah yeah i mean that that's typical warriors was with or without you know some somebody to, somebody to to sure um to, but, i mean they, they got options anyway, but... i mean like kevin love had a great game yesterday and that's where you saw jordan bell's youth like jordan bell can d guys up one-on-one but like understanding yeah. the rotations on the weak side like rookies don't get that stuff and you know and kevin love i mean he was making everything from outside but a lot of that was just miscommunication on warrior rotations. Yeah, I don't know if it was great. That that's that was a thing. Like he made all the threes and and but he didn't score inside. Like his defense. Is no his one defense. scored. They shot twenty five percent on twos. You want to? <laughs> but with, with love, he couldn't finish. You know I mean, what I mean? Love like it wasn't like he was able missing to open finish shot. against the Warriors for three Ever. or four years now. Like <laughs> I, my, my favorite thing is when Clay gets switched on to him. Oh and yeah, bullies him because like <laughs> Clay's low key strong um, and. It's just uh, it, it just kind of shows what Kevin Love's game is these days. Like he's a very good player. He's an all star, but um, mm-hmm. like he, the Warriors' length and athleticism is just too much for him to even think about going into his like, you know, his post moves and the type of stuff he does to most teams. Yeah, I mean that <laughs> that that's one of the things where you're like, if Clay Thompson and he did in the finals, remember? Like he stopped LeBron a couple times in the post too, and and he did to to love pretty much every time they try to post up on him. It'll always be in the first quarter. I actually, um, I wanted was. to say this on Clay. The biggest change I've seen from him in the last year is in 15 and 16, LeBron would just abuse him. Like there was no difference between what LeBron would do to Clay and what he would do to Harrison Barnes. But it, not that Clay can guard LeBron, but Clay can switch on to LeBron and not get abused in in ways that, you know, he couldn't two years ago. Like he's gotten stronger and LeBron's lost a little bit of a step, no matter how much everyone wants to say he hasn't. You know, this isn't the same dude um, we, you know, seen three years ago, right? No, because I mean, just look at him. Just look at him get to the rim and not finish. I mean, he gets. Like, not he even can get to the rim, though. but he doesn't get above the rim in the half court. Yeah, no, he gets above the rim on a full yeah. court break. Yeah, it's just not the same. And, like, and, it's not, and that's it's just, fine. He's thirty three in year fifteen. Like what he's doing is eight. way above what anyone should do. But it's it's still not like it's not what people think he can do. I guess is what I'm saying. To me, to me, yeah, to me, that's what it feels like. Um, if uh, this game felt like i mean it might be an overreaction but it just feels hopeless for to cleveland like it just feels that way no matter what isaiah thomas brings it just feels like they won't be able to score enough and if they're able to score enough they won't be able to defend enough when clay's in there um so it's just i mean unless what happens what do you think 
Like, unless they swing it for Paul George, I guess. Like then, yeah. Then I mean, if they make a couple, if, if, if rosters change, yeah. But like, if the rosters stay the same on both sides, no, it, it doesn't look good. Um, so, yeah. yeah. What I was gonna say is like yesterday was an exact example of how much they miss Kyrie. Like, it, there's a reason the Warrior players hate Kyrie because like they can play perfect defense on him and he'll still make a bunch of dumb mid-range shots, which have way more value in tight games that have like playoff intensity like this like for all his flaws having the ability to make that shot over a perfect contest at a consistent basis is very valuable and i don't think that's something that thomas that isaiah thomas duplicates like no isaiah thomas isaiah thomas is a different type of scorer but like i don't think anyone is really on Kyrie's level uh in terms of doing it in a half court set in those type of situations it's like a very it's a type of thing fans do kind of overrate because it's like a highlight play and like in the flow of a game, like we're talking about like five, six possessions where it really matters. Right. But, um, I, I mean, he's as, I, I don't know if anyone's better than him at it. Maybe like KD because he's seven foot, but you know, there's not a lot of guys who are just that proficient at those bad percentage shots. Yeah. Well, Hey, how Boston do yesterday, by the way, just curious. They're in the middle of six games and eight nights. Okay, having, a little fatigue, having a little fatigue, they'll be fine. They're on pace. They're on pace to win like 57, 58 games. <laughs> they'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> they well, are hitting. They are hitting a wall. Um, I do still think come playoffs they're going to be really good. Okay, at the risk of getting too deep into that, we're yeah, let's, go. let's not Any go thoughts? Any final thoughts on on the Cleveland, Cleveland game? No, like, I mean Iguodala? it was a really fun game. It, the best part of it is like both teams still very much care like as much as LeBron says he doesn't care nothing about his actions showed that you know as much as the Warriors will say oh it's just another game like no they didn't act like it was another game so from that standpoint I always enjoy it because um whatever BS they say they they play with that kind of intensity that's my thing so the my the, my final piece on it is no matter what these guys say on and off the court like lebron will say this doesn't mean like you're saying don't mean as much or he'll try to belittle stuff like don't bring him up like oh kd's now the second best player or something like that and maybe he is but you can like the actions what they actually do on the court always tells the truth like they're gonna gear their defense to stop steph curry like that's the main focus yeah i don't see i don't always. see cleveland running to get the Kemba Walker ejected. You know, I don't see I don't see five Cavs players run to the ref every time the Warriors do something. Yeah. Or, or you know, like an, an opposing player, but they do it against the Warriors. And I don't see KD freaking out as much as he does if it's not, you know, someone like LeBron who he clear he clearly cares about, you know, showing that he's on that level. Let's talk about that ending actually for a bit. Let's spend a couple of minutes there because that, that's what he was trying to do. And we can get past the ref part. I mean, beyond like we agree that's a foul, right? I, I think. Well, I mean, the league rule did a foul. It was a foul. It shouldn't think- have. It shouldn't. It should have. It should have. They should ban that replay rule. They should just let him take it. I should have been Cavs ball, right? Should have been Cavs ball because it was a foul. But you're not going to call that at the end of the game because you don't want to award two free throws for a ticky tack call. Um, but. For me, that's also something to where the Warriors literally have a dude that they can just put in front of LeBron in crunch time, allow everybody else to play on the back end 
or just play one pass away and just not really worry about going like after that one person that makes it impossible for Cleveland that I think makes it impossible for LeBron to do really anything well, it's no it's no different we have yet to see a team who doesn't double team Steph Curry but if there ever becomes a team who exactly feels comfortable who can put one person on him and and live with the results um that 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 ruins everything like part of lebron's greatness is the fact that like no one guards him credibly one-on-one like you can put one guy on him he'll drop 50 on you but like uh, he draws that double team and then and then it's just a matter of him picking you apart right the fact that the warriors don't have to do that and can credibly hold lebron to like 25 30 points you know in a not super efficient fashion like they're done you know they need they need lebron they need lebron to either destroy that matchup or mm-hmm. draw the double team and you're asking him to do that <clears throat> you're asking him to do that in june four times right and even if he does it four he'll, times he'll for sure do he it at least win. once he'll at least, like it, i think we you know like he was off yesterday but like he's gonna for sure have at least one to two good games against the warriors come june right and if and I'm that's like, what happened last season, right? I remember games, is what I'm really saying, but yeah. Cleveland had that one great game and they won um they actually they blew them out. But then you need that four times, yeah, that's not happening. So that that's that that's for me that becomes kind of ugly. That's it's it's kind of sad to see, but then you go on Twitter and you see Cleveland fans whining all day about some bullshit and you're like, "Oh, you know what? It is kind of cool. Like this is going to happen for a while." So, um hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on draft are 80% better? 80% better? It's like a Steph 3. That's why draft is my favorite sports site. No more getting crushed by the pros, and it's not just me. More than 1 million people that have already downloaded draft 2. Play in a real-life draft site right now, be done under 5 minutes, and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second so you can join one whenever you want. And Andy's not exaggerating when he says in five minutes. I was skeptical. I signed up, got got the draft done in about five minutes, and boom, my lineup was set for that night, and I ended up winning some money. So you guys should definitely do it. Code hard cash. So all new players, for you guys that are joining, all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use me and Sam's promo code LIGHTYEARS. That's right, play in a real money draft for free just by using our promo code LIGHTYEARS. But it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you guys will love it that they're even offering LIGHTYEARS pot listeners a money-back guaranteed up to $100. It's basically free money. Enter the code LIGHTYEARS. They're guaranteeing you up to $100. So but your first few plays are going to be free, and if you win, you get to pocket that money. What, what do you guys have to lose? So just go search draft your app store. Go to draft.com and come play free right now with light years. Promo code light years. Um, so this week, so every team has played at least 30 games at this point. I mean, it's close. It's closer to about 35 for most teams. So it feels like a time where you can actually appropriately talk about each, like we're beyond small sample size, you know, like we have a, we're almost at the halfway point. So we're just going to go through every Western conference team and kind of give our thoughts 
maybe roast them, see who <laughs> see who we can upset um, by some offhanded comment that we didn't even think was offensive. Um, so let's start at the bottom. Let's start with Dallas. Just remember to credit your roast, you know, to the appropriate person. Remember that we yes. learned on Christmas yesterday. So go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I'll let you start on that. Da- so Dallas in last place. Um, I actually think this is good for Dallas. They should have been in last place last year, but they they went on a fat run, and then they ended up with like the ninth pick instead of getting an actual. I mean, Dennis Smith looks okay. Yeah, he actually looks like he could be good, but like, it, the worst thing that you want is them to be like what the Warriors were in the OOS, which is winning like mid thirty games and not getting difference makers and just kind of like being stuck in the quote unquote treadmill of mediocrity mm. yeah it works for some teams if you have a good gm i think um like del mori um, or if you hit it or if you just you you you, you gotta get lucky some you know you find a yeah. steph curry at find seven you trade him because okc's cheap yeah right yeah. exactly <laughs> um you know what, what dallas dallas was kind of pisses me off though is that um the nerland's noel thing i don't know if he's good i don't think he's good um but it's if you have him, I think and, he's I think he's fine. But I don't think he's Carlisle's fucking you, this up. No. I don't think he's a player you pay. Like he's a fine rotation player. Okay, but even then, with, with it's it's kind of you. There are good coaches. Um, there are also coaches that you maybe want when you want to lose. I don't know if Rick Carlisle is that type of person. No, Carlisle's going to drag you. Like I, Dallas is nine and twenty-five now. I could totally see a scenario where they end with thirty wins and get the eight pick. For no reason other than Carlisle is trying to win with JJ too much JJ Barea, right. too many veterans, right? And it's like, dude, just let the guys play. And, and I understand if you actually, I don't understand. I'm not a coach, but I can understand if you're a coach that you want to win, right? Just because, look, look, like we don't want to lose. Like this is what we're paid for. But it's you still want you're going to be coaching next year. Like Carlisle's not getting fired anytime soon, so you have the leeway to just play him. Noel was hurt now. But even before then, it was like, okay, great. I get you don't like the guy, but it's like I've seen them bench DSJ at the end of games, like just because like he made some rookie mistake, right? Yeah. But it's like, look, he's you're not, not going Yogi anywhere. Ferrell. Yeah, yeah, you're not going anywhere. Like, what is JJ Barea gonna do? Like, I guess he locked down LeBron and won you a title. That's great, but at the same time, like he's not gonna do anything for you from from here on out. Let the young guys play, <laughs> um, you know. But they're nine and twenty five, so they're losing anyway, yeah. uh, regardless of what happens. But let's um, let's move to the next one. Yeah. To, At to ten and twenty three, I did not see this coming. Um, I figured they would be in the playoff hunt. I didn't think Mike Conley would go down for majority of the year, um, and then Fizdale get fired, and then we find out Marcus is a low key coach killer. Oh, <laughs> this is all Marcus all right here. Like this, we. Uh, this- I, so you and I have differing opinions on how effective he still is. I still think he could be a really good player for a good team, but um, another team like. It, I don't think anyone predicted the Memphis free fall. I think a lot of people picked them to maybe miss the playoffs because they weren't deep enough, but be like a, you know, a 40 win team or something. But yeah, um, my, my issue with them is, is Marcus Hall has got to chill out. Like, dude, you, your team sucks. You're getting old. He's been battling injuries, but he's throwing every, he's saying guys aren't playing hard. He's saying all types. Of I know he sounds guys. like, he sounds like LeBron at the beginning of the Cleveland thing. Like <laughs> it's like, dude, you guys will turn it around and win 28 games instead of 20. Like it's, it's yeah. just let it go. I, I mean, he just sounds like a dude who's trying to get traded at this point. Maybe he'll get traded to Cleveland. Could help him. 
but that's ugly, right? Because it's like, dude, you are the grit and grind Grizzlies now. I get that they moved, like, Tony Allen's gone, Zebo's gone, and Conley's hurt. But it's like, dude, like, you're the face. You've been the face of that franchise, and you've right. been doing all this stuff. And now you turn your back, and you just say all this stuff to try to get out. Like, I assume you're right. Like, that's that's why he's doing it. But it's like, there's got to be a classier way to do it, it feels, especially feels if like, you're Marcus Gasol. It feels like Warriors. It feels like Steven Jackson, Al Harrington. Yeah. Just like, I, I've seen this rodeo before. Like... <laughs> Um, all right, next one. We don't need to spend. Yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix. Suns. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Devin Booker's back tonight. I love me some Devin Booker. I'm, Do you? I am a Devin Booker stan. Uh, I think yeah, he is legit. I think he is a. I think he is a perennial All Star. Um, I think Phoenix will probably end up screwing it up, and he'll be a star somewhere else. But mm-hmm. I, I think he is. Um, I mean, dude, he dropped 70 in a game. And I don't care how much like <laughs> BS it was in a loss and he kind of ran up the score at the end, but like how many 20-year-olds do that? Um, um okay. I well, think, so go ahead, finish. Hey, there's not much to say on the Suns. I got, got I got I'm just going to complain about every team. I'll just do that. I'll give I'll give like a 20-second complaint about every team. For the Suns, it's it's they don't have a plan to me. Um it's Mike James, Bad what was going on there? That's why. Right? They got, Mark, a bad, Mark, they got a bad owner who changes their plan every two weeks. Every two weeks. They got Chris. They got Josh Jackson. They've got Bender. It's like a bunch of guys that they they traded to to get these guys or that they drafted them high for what? I have no reason. There's no schematic plan. There's no culture plan. There's nothing there. And, you know, it sucks. for. I feel bad for the players. Um, I don't know about Devin Booker. I, I'm not like you, but it's just, yeah, dude. Like, this is... I don't even know if those guys are talented and they move. Put Devin Booker in Boston and he is already better than Kobe Bryant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do think he's a pretty special talent. Look up his numbers this year. Um, He can score in a variety of ways. Um, Obviously his all around game isn't there, but like he's going to be a, I think he's more of a better Bradley Beal than a future Monte Ellis. If that makes sense. Um, I would, I would, ga- I would gamble on his upside. Yeah, I just don't like anything else that they've done. So maybe they got lucky on one; they'll have to get lucky on on anybody else. But they've they've moved a lot for a lot of young players that just don't look like they're doing anything. Um, all right, next one, next, next one, the Lakers. Um, so how you feel about Celtics fans is how I feel about Laker fans. Anytime I tweet anything related to the Lakers, it's just. Any observation is just I'm murdered. First off, they they seem to think Luke Walton should be able to win more games with this roster. That confuses me. Yeah, that's a little. Yep. yep um, Lonzo is he's fine. He's going to be a good player in this league. How good is debatable? I'm not quite sure. Maybe he shouldn't have gone second overall. Maybe he ends up being the fifth best player in the draft. Who knows? But like bringing up that question, it's like I it's like I asked if Shaq was a good player, you know, like I, I just get murdered. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then and then you got KCP with his ankle bracelet. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think like, they're actually overachieving. I think they're they're really they're pretty damn good for a young team defensively. And they got some pretty interesting pieces. I like Ingram. Kuzma's been unreal. Lonzo's got a nice future. Um, 
but Laker fans seem to think that they should be in the playoffs already. And that's kind of weird to me. Yeah, that's weird. On Twitter, we see that all the time to where they're complaining about stuff about why they win or shouldn't win. It's like, dude, you guys are supposed to lose. I guess they're not getting their pick, but it's like you have, have, you have a bunch of you have a bunch of 20 and 21 year olds. Like this is, this is what happens. Yeah, the fuck did you expect? Uh, <laughs> my my thing with them is Luke Wallen's got to cut the crap and just does stop he have Andrew the... Bogut? Stop playing Andrew Bogut. That that's my only thing. Like, come come on, like let Julius I mean, Randle run. Bogut twelve let, minutes a game. So. Yeah. Twelve minutes. Give them give them to guys that deserve them. Like, come on. Anyway, I don't want to talk about the Lakers too much. We've next up. We've got God. This team might like just be the yeah, most we should, boring. We should get. We should move faster through these teams. Uh, <laughs> Kings. The, the Sack Kings. Um, I don't know. Dave Eager rotations are just very bad for fantasy basketball. That's my main <laughs> takeaway. Like they don't have a single player playing 30 minutes. You have no clue what the rotation is going to look like in any night. De'Aaron Fox is, is promising. Like that, I don't, I don't know what he's going to be, uh, but there's yeah. something there, you know, he's like, heard, and yeah. then you got like guys like Zebo and George Hill who clearly are there just for the money. Well, hey, the worst part about that for two seconds is they just said they expected to win or something and they're mad about it. That was yeah, the I'm most ridiculous story. I'm pretty sure they all thought, like, I'm going to get this fat payday and they're going to trade me to a contender. Um, so they're going to Cleveland. So uh, Vince Carter to Cleveland and he's going to put Zeebo, him over the top. Zebo, you know, Zebo's going to give yeah. Dream on the, the business. Yeah. The yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll move on here to a new that's just as boring. Clippers. Uh, again, wow, it just keeps getting worse. The Clippers. What, what what do we need to say about the injuries? Know, we'll oh, talk, we'll talk about them when Blake Griffin comes back. Yeah. At least when Blake's back, they play at like a borderline playoff level. Um get get healthy, Blake. It's yeah. it's it's just not fun to watch him without Blake Griffin. Although watching Austin Rivers tear up Harden was pretty hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there I just I all right, Utah Jazz. Um Donovan I Mitchell. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything to roast the Utah Jazz about. No, they're they're just a solid team on the outside of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I th- I think this is kind of where they're going to stand all year. Like I think they're going to win in the high thirties, probably miss the playoffs, uh, but be a team who's a pain in the ass for everyone who plays. Like they're going to be the team who beats Houston on one night and then loses to Memphis on the next night. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, the thing that I do uh, that can't understand about them for the past three years, I can't understand uh, what's up with the injuries. Like, is it a medical staff? Is it the players? It's always something with every single player favors hood, Gobert, uh, Ricky Rubio. When he was there, there's always something that's wrong with the players and these injuries linger. They don't just come and go. They yeah, just everyone everyone can have a bad year with injuries, but when it's like four years in a row it just and it's sense. not like, two specific players you got to start wondering about the medical staff i have no inside info so dr andy lou fire get rid of that utah medical staff we've seen enough right um all right so now we're getting into the playoff teams i actually think these eight will stay in the playoffs like i don't see utah yeah or the the clippers catching them and like the lakers and kings aren't going to so um new orleans this is a weird team um they're just going to be a pain. They're just, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't think Boogie is going to resign. Um, they're low key, like the Sacramento Kings of the South. Like they're, <laughs> they're not a very well-run organization, but no one really mentions it because everyone likes Anthony Davis. Another guy mm. that like high approval ratings, you know, like who dislikes Anthony Davis, right? 
Yeah, not possible. Aside from the fact that he gets an MRI mid-game every other game. Oh, that that's so – if we're going to talk about medical staff, yeah. <laughs> what I do dislike, this is the one I can't understand. If this is the guy that – like you just said, Cousins isn't going to be back, right? He's going to be a free agent. He may or may not be, but then you got Rondo. This guy, Davis, is already coming out and talking to Woj or whatever it is and saying like, hey, like that's essentially, I think it's called like he's not and and uh, almost at Saints fans, but Falcons fans came out and said, hey, like this doesn't mean that he's gone. Like that is literally, the, if Woj is writing it, the most trustworthy reporter in the right. entire league, in all of sports. He was the one that wrote about KD uh maybe being gone two, two years. years before yeah two years before right kawakami did too but Woj is Woj, right and if Woj is writing this about ad like this is not bullshit like ad of all people the guy that signed it and wants to stay and literally has said nothing but good things if he's now coming out and doing this uh, maybe maybe try to figure out and keep him healthy and stop trying to play him 38 minutes the first game that he's back from getting a from a groin injury or something right like I don't know, man. This it, it just feels like I love watching this team. Actually, I don't know. I'm weird. I love watching them, but it just feels like they're the, the boogie ad high low game when they're when they're going is pretty fun. Like you just don't see anything else like it. Yeah, and boogie's boogie's fun from both. He's really good, and then two like he'll do certain things that are just like, what are you thinking? So there's kind of like the when you turn it on, you're like. I don't know. Is he going to lose his mind? Is he going to just decide to jack 43s tonight? You know, like there's always there. It's, it's intriguing. I watch a lot of Pelicans. Yeah. I think maybe me and you do watch too much. Maybe the ne- the next team. I don't watch that much because I find them incredibly boring. I think one of the most, the teams well, that are nothing, the, most nothing, the Portland trailblazers, nothing changed about them. There's just like, they're the same thing they were last year. Maybe they'll maybe win three more games this year, but they're like, <laughs> a middling 40 team with an explosive backcourt with no help, you know, like, I mean, their wings are whatever, like below par in general, uh, their big man rotate. I mean, like Nurkic had a nice 20 games last year, but now he's back to being kind of like, he's not bad, but he's not like a difference maker per se. Um, and they're just kind of like, okay, great. Like you catch them on a certain night, Dame or CJ will light you up and they're explosive and they can be fun, but like, they're not a relevant team. Yeah. You just, there's just nothing really. There's nothing. This, this, this team has got to be like the most boring playoff team, like out of both conferences. I think like there's just nothing. The the Warriors shine of Lillard is gone now. The Warriors just just hope that Portland ends up in the eight seed so they can play (laughs) Macaw 20 minutes a game. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and they don't have to like deal with Draymond, you know, breaking his back on Boogie and AD for four games. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, Blazers, nothing, nothing going on there. The next one I do love watching. Um, I'll be at the injuries at Denver Nuggets. Good team. Good young players. They gave us one of the biggest snooze fests that, that game before <laughs> Christmas. I mean, it was a snooze fest because the Warriors were just terrible. But um, yeah, Jokic. Jokic is Jokic high vindicated. <laughs> um, I mean, he's really good. No, really. I think so. Eighteen and fifteen. Got a, had a bunch of injuries. Uh, Millsap's been out for a while. I actually don't have any complaints. Yeah, I mean they're they're a team that I think is going to be really good. Like Jamal I Murray's their Vegas be line is forty eight, so they probably mm. aren't going to get that. But they'll finish yeah. around forty five wins, probably. Um, I mean, all it takes is them staying healthy, and maybe they get up there. Yeah, they're fun. I mean, they're on pace to play the Spurs right now, which would be a sweep. But no, that's fun. 
I mean, that that's a fun that, that's a fun like that. The Nuggets are like the Blazers of two years ago, I, I guess you could say just exciting. There's no expectations, even if they're exciting. Um, they won't make any noise. Um, but they're a team that's moving up right now. I think they do have more potential, though. So I actually I don't have anything bad to say about the Nuggets for the first first time in this segment. So unless you have something now, we'll move on our favorite team next. Um, the fan base who loves me the most, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who oh, are hey. now up to 19 and 15. Good for good for you. By the way, um, I, do a search on Samus Fendiari sometimes, guys. Just don't do the at. Just type his name out and just see what pops up. Always fantastic. Anyway, back to the Thunder. You said Thunder fan base, you said? Oh, God. Um, yeah, so their their Vegas line was 51 and a half. They're not going to get there because Russ turns everyone into a role player. Um, they, I, I don't know, you want to go into it? Like, they've been yeah. rolling recently. My, my biggest uh, thing I can't stand with them is they figured it out. They, people say they figured it out after every win. I, I don't understand that. Like yesterday. Uh, watching the end of the game, me and you were talking. What did they do differently at that end of the game? They made since the KD same crappy the shots. Yeah. Same shit. Same shit. Different possession. Different year. Same toilet. Whatever it is, right? They're doing the same thing. Results will vary sometimes. Right. Um, it works better when it's KD taking the mid range jumper than Paul George. I yeah, I could have told you that before the season. You know <laughs> that almost worked into the title, right? And and now it's now the fact that that's going to work in the regular season maybe get them to the second round means that they figured it out. What does that even mean? Like to me, figuring it out means that Russell Westbrook is now relenting he's able to get everyone involved paul george looked great last night so we've able to get him and do that every night Melo looked fine like if that is consistent and then they can play defense and then they can start to smoke every team like houston does to me that's figuring out i don't i didn't see that though i don't think you did no, either the only thing they, they, they I can't haven't changed that. they're making bad shots uh the only thing that's been consistent with them is they do play really good defense and i think we probably undersold it because like you think how could he play good defense with Melo on the floor but like it in retrospect, it's like I mean they have two All NBA defensive wings. Like Paul George has been playing probably the best defense I've seen him play in the regular season in years. And Roberson can defend, and Stephen Adams is a very Beast. yeah. I mean, so you're surrounding Melo with guys who are elite at their position that he basically just like just just like stand next to the worst guy and will be good. <laughs> So they have been good on defense, and they do cause a lot of havoc on that end. Like I think Paul George still leads the league in steals. I don't know. So there's there's just not much to say about them. They're going to be compelling. They're probably going to go on another run. Uh, but I mean, I they've know, gone man. on a run because Russ has gone back to last year. Russ and Paul George and Melo don't. You know, they yeah. they play like role players now. That's not figuring it out. And that's, 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 just, that's, Russ- just, that's just, you've just upgraded your role player talent, but you're still a 47 win team. Like your scheme is the same. It's, it's minimizing and really it's maximizing the same person. It's minimizing the same people, even though those people are a lot better. So what have you really figured out? I, I think that's just more people that want them to figure out or are just really happy that they're on a win streak. Um, typical fucking typical shit with the thunder. Now that KD left. So, right. um, uh, that'll be fun if they play this next team, though. They're on pace. Oh, this to will play. be a p- fire playoff series. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I'll go first on this one. What I don't like about them is they don't seem like it. Doesn't seem like there's any potential there. Individually, there is. I don't see any potential with the way that they play with each other, offensively, defensively. 
you know, in terms of maybe emotionally. Um, I just They're I want to see the opposite of the Thunder because they try to do a lot of stuff on offense. Like there's a lot of effort to do a lot of various plays, um, but it, it hasn't really come together in a way that makes sense. And um, you know maybe maybe that's normal for this bunch as opposed to the Thunder who don't really try to do anything other than you know isolation and pick and roll right. Um, and on the flip side, the Thunder seem to like each other as people, but um, can't figure it out on the court. The The Wolves have the opposite thing. It looks like they hate each other, but <laughs> they're like, it, it's effective in its own way. I, for me, when I watched them, I don't know if I agree with that. It feels like OKC to me too, though, in that aspect. It's that Jimmy Butler is the guy, but Jimmy Butler is not as good as Westbrook. And then you've got Anthony Towns and Wiggins, and I think Towns should be the guy on offense no matter what. And they're going to Butler, and it's working, but that's not sustainable. Not not for this year, next year, the year after, in the postseason. You've got to get a more like egalitarian system or something that makes it more sustainable. So, I th- I, so the weird thing is how like Towns and Wiggins just haven't really improved on defense, um, and I can't figure it out. Um, like it's, I don't know. Everything with them seems kind of like a chore. Yeah. Like, and maybe it's you know. Maybe if they never got Butler and they just went with it, they would have progressed in a you know a slower but steadier fashion that made more sense for them as players, it's, as opposed to like throwing in Butler, who's you know borderline superstar, and like some some good players, and like all of a sudden now they have to compete at a level that they maybe weren't mature and ready to compete at. That's fair. Uh, you know what it is. I you know what I think. You say it's kind of a chore. It reminds me of the Warriors at the uh, end of the seven to three to nine run. The guys were exhausted. They didn't really want to talk about the streak, but they wanted to go for it. Um, they had that in front of them. They were they already won twenty four games in a row at the beginning of the season. They were going all out. They were tired. Basketball didn't feel as fun anymore with those guys. Um, this is what that it felt like, like a job. Yeah. So, um, but that you know. said, they're twenty one and thirteen. They're. I mean, they're they they probably gonna get fifty wins. They'll be yes. right about there. Maybe they'll get forty eight. Maybe they'll get fifty two. Um, it's hard to like their their biggest issue is I think everyone thought they were gonna be in that top tier this year, and that's probably unrealistic uh, because like you're you were kind of expecting Towns and Wiggins to skip steps that like they just weren't ready to skip, right? And now we know. Yeah. Um, they don't they don't care um maybe okay next one we've got the san, <laughs> san antonio spurs no, I, I don't even want to talk about the spurs Sh- shocking um, yep. there's they, their season hasn't started as far as i they are not relevant to discuss until Kawhi's off a minutes limit like i don't know how good they actually are but there's no way to gauge how good they are until i see fully healthy Kawhi. right <sighs> everything until then is just kind of pointless so I think that the Thunder beat the Wolves. I think that if the standings stay the same, that the Spurs actually play the Warriors in this Western Conference Finals because they'll beat the team that's the second seed right now. So I, well, think, I agree with you. I think I think yep. I think they're going to um, take their time, and they're probably going to start rolling in March. Like around March, everyone's going to be like, "Watch out for the Spurs!" Every year, there, there. This this actually feels like a longer process than usual for them but i that's pretty much because Kawhi missed the first like 30 games of the season 23 and 11 
without Kawhi Leonard and a lot of Gasol and Aldridge and Danny Green and Jante Murray. Just and they've had I, injuries. No Gasol, Gasol and Danny Green have been out for a, a ton of time. Like they're just kind of slogging Ridiculous. along. They're gonna like yeah I Ridiculous. I get roasted for saying I would take them. I still think they they could probably beat Houston even with Chris Paul, but I'm not writing it off. Um, my only point is I'm, I'm going to make no judgment on them till I see, you know, 15 or so healthy games of Kawhi and like see if they've improved since last year or where they're at. Yeah. The next team, um, I am very annoyed at the fact that they talk all about their obsession with the Warriors. They want the number one seed. They're playing hardened through an injury and they are now in second place. After all of that, come come on, man. My whole thing with them come is on, like dude. nothing about their. They haven't they haven't learned anything, in my opinion, since last year. Talk about the um... D'Antoni. D'Antoni was like after they lost to the Spurs, yeah. they blamed it on fatigue. Oh. When Harden had that epic, terrible game six, and they said they'd come into this year and it'd be different. They'd pace themselves. They'd think big picture. What's going on? Harden's playing thirty six minutes a game. He was absolutely unstoppable. Now he's got a little injury, and he's you know he's still good. He's not at the he's same level. Through it for no reason. For no reason, uh, D'Antoni is playing his eight or nine man rotation again. Yes, it's a better rotation, but like there's no. Why should I believe anything changes? Why should I believe by game four of a series with the Spurs when Pops made three adjustments and they figured out how to guard the pick and rolls? that Houston's going to do anything to counter it, or they're just going to keep running into the brick wall. My, my God, my, so you showed me some, I I forget it was Zach Lowe or somebody wrote something on how James Harden didn't talk about that performance that he did in game six. If anybody's ever read a book on like something corny, like self-help or even been in therapy or something like that, right? The thing you want to do, the thing you don't want to do is avoid something and and not understand what happened and, and really don't know what's going on. That feels like them. They've avoided entirely what's going on. I don't think they're even trying to go back and fix or even see that. That's no, they, they totally good. chalked it up to being fatigued. And I'm sorry. Like, fatigue's not why you lost to the Spurs. Like, it was a factor. But even if it was the factor, you have to look at why they got fatigued got and make actual changes. Like, they lost by 40 points to a Spurs team without Kawhi Leonard. Harden was terrible. Like, I'll put it this way. When the Warriors lost in 16, like every one of those players went through it and like, and Kerr, yeah. Kerr took blame. Yeah. Kerr basically said like, I made a bunch of mistakes. When the Spurs lost to Miami in 13, they all sat and watched the film and like went through all yeah. the little mistakes they made. Like it just, Houston just looks like it's primed to repeat itself. They're going to win 60 oh. games, maybe 65 games, maybe. And, and I, I just I can't see them not having the same sort of issues when adversity arises in the playoffs because they yep. haven't dealt with it internally. They haven't like mentally dealt with it. Like, and, why, yeah, it's 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 so <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so Rockets, though. It's so Houston, how it's been the last couple of years. I mean, you look at and, and let's say they have brought in instead of Chris Paul, let's say they had brought in like Steph Curry. Right. Then you're like, OK, that's a little different. But it's not like Chris Paul is coming in and, and now everybody's like, OK, you know, we have this sudden guy who's proven and has been there and has done this. Chris Paul hasn't done that. If anything, he's a duplication, a, rep, a replica of James Harden, who he is in the playoffs, as unfair as it may be. 
that's who he has been, right? So it's like, well, they are a lot better. They're both, so- like, they're both top 10 players. In Harden's case, a clear top five player who happened to make specific mistakes in the highest level games that are very correctable. Like, they, it's not a lack of talent thing. You avoid it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I'm been- saying, like, they're, 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 they're not lacking from a skill standpoint to correct it. It just seems like it's not being addressed. It always feels like there, there, there's a blame, like, oh, we just ran, we didn't have, we ran out of gas, you know, like, I just, I don't buy it, you know, like, I need to see them do something in an adverse situation to think it's going to change. Yep, yep. So even all that, they are, they are a game behind the Warriors. I, I, I really, the Warriors. Steph's going to be back uh, at the end of next week, and uh, the Warriors are going to. The run season away will finally division. begin. <laughs> we can't wait. So it's it's not good for Houston. Um, the rest of the we've gone through all the Western Conference teams. Man, that was that was good. And we've got shout out Devin Booker. Uh, very, very well done. Next week we'll do uh, sixty straight minutes on the Eastern Conference in Boston. Uh, if you guys are up for it, can't wait so. for you guys. Tune into the new Dunked On podcast. No, <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I think that's it. Are we yeah, good? Well, um, so our next pod will be either it'll be around the Rockets game, and uh, I'm looking forward to that one on the fourth. Yeah, that'll be great. All right, talk to you later.